Welcome to Spirits of Whiskey. We explore the wide world of whiskey through the many colorful personalities who make it, promote it, write about it, and more. With each podcast, Carrie Moynihan, a certified bourbon steward and bartender, and yours truly, Philip Dobar, director of the Cocktail Collection, interview whiskey's most important names. From high-profile makers, blenders, and ambassadors, to out-of-the-way innovators and remote pioneers. Join us as we discover the people and elements that give the water of life its spirit. It is Whiskey Wednesday, June 19th, 2021, and you're listening to episode 45. Today, we speak with Seth Benheim about Broken Barrel Whiskey. But first, we catch up with Matt Hoffman of Westland Distillery via telephone for one of our new segments, Whiskey Whereabouts. Spirits of Whiskey explores the wide world of whiskey through high-profile and out-of-the-way makers, blenders, writers, ambassadors, innovators, and pioneers. And we've been traveling the world virtually to bring these people and their whiskey journeys to you. We realize just how many great stories we've put aside to share with you at a later date. And that date is here. Spirits of Whiskey is offering access to its new VIP content page to loyal listeners and whiskey lovers who want more. And when it comes to whiskey, who doesn't want more? For as little as 99 cents a month, you can have access to videos related to topics discussed on past podcasts, as well as our new series, The Malting Floor. Sign up now to become a supporter at anchor.fm slash spirits hyphen of hyphen whiskey. That's whiskey with an E. Click on the support button and select the contribution level that's right for you. Once you've submitted your payment information, just visit our website, spiritsofwhiskey.com, to create your personal VIP access account. We can't wait to see you in the VIP lounge. Join us. I wanted to talk to you today about our new segment called Whiskey Whereabouts, where we check in with people that we've previously interviewed and ask them what's been going on with them and their distillery and their products since last we spoke. And we spoke to you... Gosh, early fall, and uh, we we aired in November. And I remember that when we talked back then, you said you're going to have a new expression coming out in May. I wanted to follow up and see what's going on. Did it make its launch? Yeah, it did. We've just launched this new whiskey, which is called Colere. Colere is the Latin word; it means uh, to cultivate. And this is a really important whiskey for us. This is uh, a whiskey that really represents a huge step forward in terms of our relationship with barley, which is, of course, the only grain that's used in in single malt. So uh, the core idea behind that is looking at new barley varieties in the same way that that wine, you know, they're looking at different varieties like Merlot versus Cabernet Sauvignon versus Pinot Noir, etc. Right. Different barley varieties are not looked at at all in the whiskey industry. Everybody uses like the same stuff. So our idea with this program is to get outside of the commodity grain industry, mm-hmm. to looking for more boutique varieties that are chosen for flavor, but also to look at how we how we look at barley and, and its role in agriculture. So looking for more sustainable agricultural systems, looking for more like, you know, barley's role as a regenerative crop, puts organic matter back into the soil, and just getting away from the traditional systems of, of agriculture, which don't really benefit anybody, don't benefit the farmer, don't benefit the environment and don't really give us any nuance. So it's a it's a big step forward in that direction. And edition one is what we've just launched just a couple of weeks ago. That's fantastic. And I think you told us last time, but just to refresh us, where are you sourcing this barley and do you have a particular farmer that you're working with? Yeah, so this variety is called Alba. This is a six row winter barley 
six row barleys are, are not used at all, at all in the single malt industry because they yield less, which is what dictates almost everything in the whiskey industry is it's all about yield. Right. But we got this amazing flavor from this variety. It's grown in the Skagit Valley. So that's that's about, you know, 60 miles north of us here in Seattle. Uh, okay. It's one of our primary barley source in regions. And this first batch was, was grown by a farmer who really needs to, to grow barley in his rotations with potatoes. Oh, great. So this is, yeah, this is one of the really cool things about barley is not just what we can get out of the local farm, but what the farmer gets out of it as well, which is to put this organic matter back into the ground and break disease cycles. So he makes most of his money on potatoes, but to cycle in barley is a really big deal for him. Right. That's cool. Yeah. We were talking to Colby and Ashley Fry in Nevada a few months back, and they were telling us how like they're farm to glass, basically, and how they have all these different alfalfa and things that they do on their farm, but they really like to rotate the barley to help the ground. And because they do that, they're able to use their own barley and their whiskey, which I think is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's the cool thing that, that barley does, you know, is it's not just the thing that we get to make whiskey out of, but it's this great, you know, workhorse for agriculture. In the Skagit Valley, there's 80 different crops grown that are of commercial significance. And the traditional, like the commodity grain prices for, for barley make it the 80th most valuable, the least valuable crop that they grow up there, but they need to grow it because of what it does for the soil. And so the exactly. trick here is to, is to also grow these new varieties at non-commodity prices so that they can actually like earn a living right. growing this as well. So that's fantastic. And is that available in California and all over the states? Where is it available for purchase? It is. All the major U.S. cities that uh, carry Westland today will be able to find it. It's just now rolling out, so uh, in May and, and into June. So it should be available. Most of if you if you have a good whiskey retailer that you know and are familiar with that carries Westland today, almost certainly there will be some. There's not a lot of it. We've tried to try to spread it as wide as we possibly can, but right. there's only 2,800 bottles for the whole world. Oh, wow. So... Um, yeah, so it's not a ton of it. You know, if you're if you're kind of looking into it now, there's probably a good chance that it'll be available. So okay, what other fancy things have you been working on since last we spoke? Oh man, a ton of stuff. We have a farm. We've planted our first estate barley, which is really cool. So basically, that's being used as as a vehicle to test these new varieties that are coming out of our research with Washington State University that are all focused on incredible flavor, all grown under certified organic and salmon safe conditions. So that first crop, that's a pretty big deal for us, you know, learning to be farmers at the same time. Yeah. And um, how far is the farm from the distillery? Yeah. So it's in Skagit, in the Skagit Valley. So we've basically kind of set up a second home up there. Okay. Uh, the Skagit Valley, which is where we source about, I don't know, 30% of our malted barley has been a really important place for us in terms of what we've been able to learn about agriculture and like the farmers up there, the maltsters, the grain breeders are all just kind of operating on this cutting edge. There's nothing There's nothing like what is happening there anywhere else in the world. So we, we basically wanted to do two things. One, to get closer to it, to understand farming a little bit better. But two, if we're going to ask these farmers to go off the commodity system, there's risk. We want to say, hey, let's we're going to we're going to share some of that risk. So we're going to test these new barley varieties at scale at our, you know, at our expense. And then you guys get to see how that works with the soil, with the agricultural conditions of the valley right. before it goes out to everybody else. So that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's that's great. So there's a lot of that stuff going on. We hope to be certified B Corp by the end of the uh, by the end of the calendar year. Awesome. So we're just we're just waiting in line. <laughs> to, of course. To, 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 for the audit, which takes like six months at this point now. Right. Uh, so there's that, and uh, and we're we're also rolling out another new product, which is our newest 
flagship American single malt whiskey. We wouldn't have announced that back the last time we spoke. So this is right. very much like breaking news. Uh, Yay! Yeah. So this is this is our newest for existing fans of Westland. They know we've got three core range whiskeys. We're introducing a new, you know, single flagship offering that if people are familiar with our American Oak, they'll find a lot that is similar, but um, there's a little bit of sherry casks and stuff in there. So it's a it's a new evolution of our of our house style and at a price point of uh, $59.99 SRP nice. across the country. Yeah, so uh, so we're really excited about that. So the, these two products are actually rolling out at the same time. Right oh, now. good. So I'll have yeah. to check for both of them when I, when I do my shopping later. Yeah. Awesome. Very cool. And um, how are you guys doing with the pandemic? Are you guys open up back up there? Are you guys still waiting for a little bit more time? Well, we're, we're following all the, you know, the health guidance we can. But the way that things are trending, what we've recently heard from the governor is that the state is back open, you know, on the 30th of June. Which oh, great. Is really close. Um, we've played the whole thing pretty conservative the whole time. We've tended to be a little bit like whatever phase the state was at, be one phase more conservative. Great. And then do you guys, I forget, do you have a tasting room that... Yeah. Yeah. We've okay. got a tasting We've got a tasting room. We've been able to do tastings and again, following all health guidance. Right. That's awesome. Well, and Matt, thank you so much for taking time to tell us where your whiskey whereabouts are these days. We love to follow up on, on everybody to see what's new and exciting. And I'm always a big passionate lover about the grain commodity system and trying to break it down and, and make things better for the whiskey and the farmer, because I think that's it's important. So thank you for your hard work and thanks for telling us what's going on. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. Also this week, we checked in with now Dr. Rob Arnold and learned that he has in fact graduated with his PhD. Currently, Dr. Arnold is on paternity leave after adopting a baby boy and couldn't be with us today, but he kindly shared his dissertation with us and it'll be included in today's show notes for all to enjoy. Up next, we speak with Seth Benheim of Broken Barrel Whiskey. Stay with us. Today on Spirits of Whiskey, our guest is Mr. Seth Benheim. Seth is founder and CEO of Infuse Spirits, which is the home of Broken Barrel Whiskey. Seth, welcome to Spirits of Whiskey. Thank you for having me. Yes, thank you for being here. And thank you for uh, hosting us at the Infusory for our uh, second live recording, this time on uh, hopefully a better box, which is the Zoom Zoom Podcast P4 device, which has amazing Mm. reviews. I remember the first one well. (laughs) Review to follow soon. Yes, review to follow soon. So we'll see. This is a great space. Love the infusory. I know we've done the cocktail collection. We've done some events here. Uh, Seth, you've been a great friend personally and a great friend of the enterprise. And uh, we're very, very happy to uh, be sitting down with you today because I think I can speak for both of us when I say you're doing work that really kind of isn't being done. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and, and let's not forget to mention that we shot part of the pilot oh, yeah. for Whiskey, Whiskey a Chef's Journey. Yeah. So yeah, and that was fun. That was, was a lot fun. of fun. Indeed, we did the last act. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Where um, there was food. The yes. finale scene. The food was fantastic on that, oh, on that yeah. portion. Those tacos were out of control. Yeah. You can find pictures online. I think there are even uh, some images in the sizzle reel, right? Yes, there are. And if you go to whiskeyachefsjourney.com, you can see all of that. Very good. Yes. Anyway. So we always start off the show asking about your whiskey journey. And I know we touched on that during our chit chat on the uh, last episode where you filled in for Louise. But why don't you tell our listeners how you ended up starting your whiskey journey and how you decided that putting pieces of broken barrel in a jar of whiskey was the way to go. (laughs) Uh, Yes, uh, absolutely. So, you know, I started the company at the age of 24 
the company Infused Spirits Group was formed to uh, create our flagship Infused Spirits Vodkas, which we created in 2013, really. And then those came out and started hitting the markets 2014. We won some very prestigious awards, and then we were able to grow the business and find some investments. And once we got to about 2017, we realized, hey, we want to expand this a little bit. So we did infused bitters and we did an infused spirits whiskey to go with the infused spirits vodka. Mm -hmm. And our first product was infused spirits broken barrel whiskey. And obviously today we're talking about broken barrel whiskey, the brand. So you can kind of put the puzzle pieces together and see that we transitioned from infused spirits, broken barrel to broken barrel whiskey being its standalone brand. Let's get into the Wayback machine. Where did you grow up? The Wayback machine. Uh, I was born in San Francisco. Uh-huh. Uh, my father was a med student at UCSF. We lived there until 1995 when I moved to Los Angeles. My dad got a job at UCLA. He is the chief of hand surgery there. So he's been there ever since, actually. He's still there now. All right. Very good. So manual labor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wish I knew that. I just had my second carpal tunnel surgery. He could have been my guy. That, I've heard the word carpal tunnel way too many times. In my <laughs> life. So you grew up there and here, Northern California, then Southern yes. California. Yes. And at the age of 24, when you were barely legal... Uh, yeah. You started a spirits company. I did. I did. I had one job out of college, and I actually had a couple businesses in college that I had started. Um, I'm not surprised. I did some fun stuff in college, and I was able to buy a part of a house with my parents, and we still own that house today, which is kind of cool. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I've been basically working for myself since I was 19. Why spirits? Did you have a taste for it? Were you a, a connoisseur? I was uh, kind of. You drank a lot of it is what <laughs> you're trying to say. Okay. I did have a fake ID as a teenager. Uh, so did and I. I. bought some booze with that. I did too, but it said not an official government document right across the top. So yeah, <laughs> I, I had one at 15 when the drinking age was 18. Uh, so let's move on. All right. Yep. I had one at 17. I had so, one at 19. So, yep. I was little... so I was, I remember buying booze for people and selling it to them at a, at a premium. So I was making money on booze way before, uh, how I am I not surprised? legally supposed how to, how am I not surprised? Um, <laughs> I think in college, I was like junior year. I think I worked that summer and I made about thousand bucks doing, doing work. Where'd you go to school? Yeah. I went to university of Arizona. Okay. So I was back at the U of A and I, went to a local BevMo and I picked up, I spent the entire summer's uh, pay on every color of liqueur you could imagine. I had blue, Curacao and triple sec and yellow this and red that. And I was making drinks for everybody in my fraternity and my friends that would come over. And I remember one night at parents weekend, my parents couldn't get into my room, our dorm room, because there were so many other people's parents in there uh, <laughs> that I was making cocktails for. And I ended up making about $500 in tip jar. Oh, my Lord. Wow. That's, that's great. <laughs> yeah, Off of parents. And one of the parents came out and told my parents, you got to see this kid. He's amazing. He's going places. <laughs> this so, is just, just before the dean put you on double secret probation. There, I did get caught with booze at one point. I had to go to adult responsibility class. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> it was quite an education. I still remember that was the first time I had learned that six ounces of red wine is 12 ounces of beer is one and a half ounces of 40% ABV. Uh-huh. Yeah, that, that is that, correct. That never forgot that it. So correct. it was a yeah. great education, that so responsibility you, class. 
once <laughs> once you're out of school for a few years, you went into vodka. Yes. But with a twist. I mean, you do have an uninfused vodka, but there are lots of flavored vodkas in the market. You're stand apart. I mean, I know how, but tell our listeners how. The concept behind infused spirits from day one till today has never changed. It's single bottle infusions. And when I say single bottle, I mean we put fruit into the bottle through the neck after the bottle is filled. We use real peeled lemons. We use dried mangoes, dried peaches, dried apple, cinnamon. We have done an orange uh, limited edition that's kind of harder to find. And then, yeah, it, it, they, the fruit sits in the bottle and mm-hmm. actually the, the vodka starts out clear. And over time, it takes on the color of the ingredients and then that creates the infusion. So they're very good. I've visited the bottling plant and it's just fascinating watching it happen. Yep. Yeah. It's in North Las Vegas, right? Yes. We work with a company out in North Las Vegas for the vodka and then the whiskey is done in Kentucky. All right. So nice. how'd you go from vodka in the whiskey? Was that always part of the plan? Yes and no. Uh, we had purchased, I had purchased. I mean, why not rum? Why not gin? Why not? Whiskey was clearly the hottest spirits category outside of vodka in terms of sales and growth, at least from like 2012 to now. It's been the one kind of big rising category. And tequila is very hot today, but five years ago, it wasn't really quite that. You wouldn't compare tequila to whiskey five years ago or 10 years ago, especially. So whiskey was really picking up around 2015, 16. And I was very, very much into whiskey. Uh, I collect whiskey. I've got 900 bottles of spirits. I've I've tasted both Carrie and I have tasted a lot of it. Yes. So, (laughs) so absolutely. We love the powwows in your office slash spirit library. library. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I had purchased Infuse rum.com, infuse tequila.com, infuse gin. I bought them all. I bought infuse brandy, infuse bitter. Infuse by Jean. I didn't buy infused okay. by. If you uh, want to make infused by Joe, you could <laughs> you could take that before I get there, and I'd probably tip my hat to you. But yeah, we bought all the domain names with the intention that we could, if we wanted to, or if the market wanted it from us, we could go into those other categories. So whiskey felt like the proper place to start uh, outside of vodka. But bitters also kind of just came naturally because yeah, talk to us about bitters. When did that start? Was that same was year? That same same year. year's vodka. We branched out. No, so it was vodka from 2013 to 2017, and then mm-hmm. in 17 we launched the bitters and. The whiskey. Simultaneously, okay. Yeah, uh, the bitters came out in April and the whiskey first bourbon came out in August of 2017. And reception? The reception to the bitters was very small because we didn't make a lot of it. Mm -hmm. And the reception to the whiskey was phenomenal. We sold all of it before people even had a chance to taste it. They saw the pictures of the mock-up bottles and they bought everything we intended to make, all 500 cases. I will say everything you've ever released both vodka and whiskey has been beautiful. It's very sexy. I'm fond of the bitters myself. The the, the packaging is very sexy. And the bitters, one thing about the bitters, you don't follow the well-beaten path. How so? You typically issue, you concoct things that aren't generally available. Oh, yeah. So we didn't do an aromatic bitter. It was our ninth product we released in the bitters. Mm -hmm. It was our aromatic bitter. And we did it differently, too, because we use bourbon as a base. Ah, okay. So it's an aromatic bourbon bitter. Right. Rather than a neutral grain spirit, which is most bitters are are made with, uh, you know, a neutral grain spirit often made with, you know, distilled from beet sugar. Um, And you went with bourbon. We went with bourbon because we wanted to highlight a bitter that would 
play really well with the broken barrel whiskeys. Mm-hmm. And also just in general, you know, when we thought about like an Angostura, we, I know there's a billion things you can do with it, but I think one of the main uses for Angostura is generally that old fashioned. And so in using it for an old fashioned, uh, we thought, why not make our own bitters instead of using Angostura? Mm-hmm. Cause our other bitters all had kind of specific flavors like clove, or cardamom, mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. cassia bark, right. cinnamon stick. And you have so, the Chinese spice bitters. We, yeah, we have a Szechuan, Szechuan. which uses the Szechuan mm-hmm. peppercorns, which give mm-hmm. you that kind of numbing sort of... Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, you need a, to follow it with a dollop of yogurt. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah. Well, you want to just, you know, as you know, a couple drops will, will do you right on yeah, a bitter. Yeah, that, that numb so, taste. There's yep. nothing like it. There's, there's no regret uh, greater than... Clove does a very similar uh, thing to your tongue as uh-huh. well. It's it's not quite the same effect, but it's similar in that too much clove will really give you like a numbing uh, mm. aftertaste mm-hmm. once right. it's already kind of passed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> now we have a bunch of whiskey in front of yes. us. Let's, yes. Let's start in. So we have six whiskeys in front of us. I think three of them are available in the market and three are not or four plus two something like what that. i pulled for you guys today were our three core products mm-hmm. uh, an iteration of our cask strength which does have it does come in many uh, shapes and sizes so to speak uh, a limited edition release that came out last december called the uh, fen walker which we'll get into and then i also just because you're here in my office i have the uh cask strength pull of the Fenwalker, which is nothing held back. It's foolproof. So the Fenwalker is a it's fun one. It's foolproof? It's foolproof. <laughs> Not foolproof, foolproof. Okay. Not full, full. Um, now, proof. what are we starting with? Now, how did you start? What did you start with? I see we're starting- the bourbon, with, 95 proof starting, bourbon. We're starting by drinking the California oak. Right? Correct. So okay. we're going to start with our California oak bourbon from okay. Broken Barrel. So and we're jumping is, ahead a bit in terms of- chronology chronology but tell us about this and then we can go back and talk about and i i start with this because of proof yeah uh, mainly it's it's a cool 88 88 proof uh nothing crazy your favorite number 88 uh also born in 1988 which gives you an exact uh age there There but yeah born in 1988 born in california so this is kind of like me in a bottle, so to speak, my story, because uh, I'm from California. I love Kentucky. So we work just, it's worth mentioning. I know you guys had Jacob Call on the podcast from uh-huh. uh, formerly OZ Tyler, now Green River uh, Distillery out in Owensboro, Kentucky. And uh, the first three we're going to drink today, actually the first four we're going to drink today are all distilled and bottled by Jacob in mm-hmm. the uh, Green River Distillery. Yeah. Now, Jacob, that was a great interview uh, with Wheel Horse. Bourbon. Yes, I've horse. had I've had the right. real horse bourbon. Yeah, special special stuff. Do you give him a specific recipe you want him to use, or do you have him we, do something and then you change it up when you get the? Well, the change up is the process. How the whiskey is aged and finished is is obviously proprietary to us in terms of the oak bill, which we'll get into as well. But this first one is a straight Kentucky bourbon finished with uh, two kinds of oak. And when we say finish with oak at Broken Barrel, we're not talking about a barrel finish. We're talking about a broken barrel finish. So we literally physically take axes, sledgehammers, any kind of tool we can get our hands on, and we will smash full barrels, specialty barrels. In this case, we are talking about a Central Coast California Cabernet barrel, as well as French oak barrels, new French oak barrels. Okay. 
So the Oak Bill, which is you know similar to a Mash Bill, mm-hmm. is 80% California Cab from the Central Coast and mm-hmm. 20% French Oak. Okay. Virgin French Oak. Virgin uh, French Oak. X-Cab from Central Coast. X-Cab right, from Which Central has its Coast. own distinct, yep. um, distinct palate. Um, now- you speaking in terms of oak bill. Oak bill versus right. like a mash bill. Of course. Yep. Right, right. But as you said, everything you do is infused. So the whiskey is essentially infused. We haven't used that word since Indeed, we divided not. the brands. Yeah. So in mm-hmm. 2020, because it's 2021 now, mm-hmm. thank God. Um, <laughs> uh, 2020 was the first little year. little COVID humor. little COVID humor. We migrated. So we were buying the whiskey from Jacob and, and Green River mm-hmm. and sending it to our producer, our bottler in Nevada. And when we hit a certain volume, we were kind of like eligible, able, uh, and we had grown the whiskey enough to be a client uh, directly of Green River. So we are now bottling. We're, we're I mean, they're, they are milling, fermenting, distilling, bottling on site, the mm-hmm. entire broken barrel from grain to glass. Okay. So there's this this product does not leave their facility. But it goes direct to market. It goes direct there. to market. Yeah. Distributors are going to- Some of send, it comes here, but it goes directly to the distributors. Yeah. Go, no, it goes to the distributors basically mm-hmm. um, to go to market yeah. uh, after it's made. Right. No, it doesn't carry the name infused, but essentially you are infusing wood. Yeah. Just you're infusing fruit into your vodkas. You're infusing wood- just an, yeah, an just bill depending on the expression. Just not to be confused with the single bottle infusions mm-hmm. of the vodka. Oh, of course, these yes, are done in large tanks and filtered, so there's mm-hmm. no wood floating in the bottle for yeah, those that no. haven't seen this product. <laughs> uh, you got to watch for splinters, folks. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want the call about <laughs> the splinters in the, uh, the splinters in, in me whiskey. Yeah, that would be bad. <laughs> All right, so uh, your first release. Was the uh, the bourbon? The first release was the 95 proof Kentucky bourbon. Not, and this is what we're going to have next. So do you guys like do tasting notes or do you, you just you just drink them or yeah, <laughs> you just drink them and go both. for it? <laughs> we do both. We do not as extensive as you do in yours. But um, the color on the first one is a nice golden. See, my, the dog wants some whiskey. He's trying to get to it. Uh, is, a, is a beautiful golden color. It's got some, I'd say, medium oiliness in the legs, um, and it's delicious. Yeah, it is. I've, I've been a fan of this since I encountered it. Um, um, it's a really, oh, this this is so loaded. When you say something's an easy drinker. Um, yes. Smooth. No, this is a terribly, a frighteningly easy drinker. Dangerously and, uh, easy. Yeah, uh, but the cab cask really shines through. Yes, you have all the dark fruit flavors. You have some mm-hmm. vanilla. Uh, which I think is kind of signature. If you, you know, had Wheel Horse, mm-hmm. um, you know that Green River has some of the biggest, boldest vanilla flavors, I would say, of any bourbon I've really come. In, it almost like I, I would say there's a pretty predominant like peanut note, or at least to me, it's peanut in all the Dickel Tennessee whiskeys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can identify them pretty quickly when I'm mm-hmm. blind tasting. Mm-hmm. With Jacob's stuff, I can always identify that vanilla really quickly. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And so it's a big giveaway that I'm drinking Owensboro uh, bourbon. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's, you know, it's all relatively young whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of it's over five years. So mm-hmm. everything in these bottles is under five years. And all these bourbons, so this bourbon and the last bourbon are both Jacob's mash bill. So these are uh, 71, sorry, 70% corn, mm-hmm. 21% rye, and 9% malted barley. Okay. 
This one and the last one. Yeah, this is a very well-balanced bourbon. So the next bourbon, the, the, this is our signature flagship, hasn't changed the recipe since we came out with it in 2017. Mm-hmm. This is 40% ex-bourbon, 40% French oak, and 20% sherry cask okay. oak bill. Okay. Yeah, that's coming through. Uh, it's funny that sherry, I'm getting, I'm getting a lot more sherry than 20% would suggest. Would you agree? I would. I would say the ex-bourbon. Which is not a, not a bad thing. The ex-bourbon is to bolster the woodiness mm-hmm. and just give a little more of that oomph to it. Mm-hmm. It doesn't do a tremendous amount. Uh-huh. It's almost there to stabilize. Uh-huh. It's the sherry that's adding flavor and the French oak that's adding more of that caramelized sweetness. Yeah. Yeah. That I really like from it's, this bourbon. It's a lovely bourbon. I think um, some weeks ago, a few months ago, maybe I posted a picture of a dram of this uh, in the original label, like a very short-lived label. And yeah, uh, the first one. Yeah, it's like batch one or two or something. Yeah, and you commented. You say doing it old school. Oh yeah, I <laughs> I I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, next whiskey, the rye. The rye. This is the Heresy Rye Whiskey. Yes, which would suggest here. that you are sort of violating some norm. Yes. I think when you put the wood in the whiskey instead of the whiskey in the wood, uh-huh. people would, many would take offense to that. And so. Uh, <laughs> Why did you apply that to the rye only? I think Broken Barrel as a flagship was like, here's what we're doing. We're breaking barrels. And then the rye was more like, we don't care what you think about what we're doing. And then the California oak was more like, okay, this is where, this is what we want to be drinking. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're sort of telling a story in the naming. It's very simplistic and most of my stuff's very literal mm-hmm. uh, with the exception of a few things that get extremely imaginative. So we, <laughs> oh, we, we, we play, we play in the extremes of exactly literally what it is mm-hmm. or so fanciful you have to look it up like well, you don't even know what it is one like, thing i'd we like, go above people's heads and things they can't pronounce <laughs> one thing i'd like to discuss like the cask of Amontillado, uh, yeah there's your single oak series which was a very limited run and it is gone it is gone yeah it would be great if we were coming out with that now when people knew well, more people knew who we were it was good versus to talk to us about it though because it, while we sip this rye yeah before we get too far into it when you get the the juice so to speak from green river do they already have they already aged it somewhat in a barrel, or are you getting it as new new oak? I no, no, no. This is age. this is all um, the California oak is two year and up, and as of May this year, all the products will be two years and up, no older than five. So one to five and two to five is kind of where we play. So this is completely finishing. It's not. And, it's not. Like yeah, it's it's finishing. Aging. Yeah, we don't just take new make, put it in a tank, and then put the staves. That would not have the same effect, and we wouldn't couldn't call it bourbon Indeed. either, unless it was a oak container. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, could have a big giant like square of oak. Yeah, and then put the staves in. I, I guess that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's an oak container. It could be done. But it has right. to be charred oak. It's a whole thing. Right, yeah. right. So yeah, yeah. No, we 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 take bourbon that is bourbon that has spent the time in the barrel, and to call it a Kentucky bourbon, it's a year and a day. So mm-hmm. got to be at least a year and a day to be Kentucky bourbon. So the single oak series. Tell us how that came and went. I had a lot of like pent up ideas <laughs> <laughs> that needed to get out. And I tried to do all of them at once. And I'm glad I did on some level because... We did a great launch event here. We did a launch event with you guys, uh, which was fantastic. I had friends and family at that. It was a pretty big turnout, I thought. Huge. It was great. It was was 
it was one of the reasons I, I was so upset about COVID because those nights were the ones I like, oh, I wish I could do that again. Um, it was great from a standpoint of, I feel like I was one of the first to take American whiskey and put scotch barrels in it, so to speak, or, or, or finish with scotch barrels. I was one of the first American companies to put Mizunara. There maybe been like two or three or four before me. Mm-hmm. Um, and they were so expensive. I mean, I, I launched a Mizunara finished whiskey for forty nine dollars, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I launched a Scotch, uh, you know, a peated Islay There's Scotch that, barrel. That was the the Isle of Peach, Isle of Single Peach. Oak, right? Yep. Right. And then we did a Amontillado, which is a the Spanish cask of Amontillado, Spanish sherry cask of Amontillado, and most people still say Armadillo, Armadillo, or Amontillado, I... but they can't say it. But the funny part <laughs> is. So we, we we launched these very you know there were some light whiskeys in in the blend. Too. There was a twelve year light whiskey in the blend. That product is now since gone. It's all been bought up, so okay. can't really get my hands on that anymore. But it's a fun blend. I mean, it's mostly corn whiskey, which mm-hmm. was pretty much bourbon that didn't go into new barrels. So it had a pretty light flavor and color, and mm-hmm. it was really impressionable mm-hmm. whiskey. Mm-hmm. So we blended it to kind of get the right kind of uh, mouthfeel and such, and then we did the oak bill to it, and that gave it a really nice finish and, and really let the oak itself shine mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so you can taste the mizanara you can taste the isle of peat the the peated scotch cask and mm-hmm. the amontillado is just like mm-hmm. it's like the whiskey's like black it's like dark it's yeah. crazy yeah no I, I enjoyed all of it very much so so tasting notes on this rye yeah the rye what's the rye bill i'm looking at it right now but uh, 95.5 95.5 in indiana style Rye whiskey. All right. But not made in Indiana. Not made in Indiana. Made in Kentucky. Okay. I was there on site. I saw the rye getting milled. Mm -hmm. Actually, coming out of the truck. I've posted pictures of this, uh, videos of this actually on our Instagram. Mm -hmm. So the uh, rye whiskey is delicious. In my opinion, it is is a very... (laughs) It still has the vanilla flavor, in my opinion, Uh that was there on the bourbon. And it's 105. Proof, but it proof. does not drink 105. No, no, no. It kind of drinks pretty much like the bourbon at 95. Yeah. You wouldn't really peg it as a higher proof. Right. 10%, 10 proof. No corn. No, no corn. corn. 95 rye, no corn. Five malted barley. Yeah. If I were to do another rye, I would mm-hmm. probably do. I know that MGP does make a 51% rye, 49 corn. Mm-hmm. I'd be very interested to work with a product. That has that amount of rye, but still the rest of it being corn. I think uh-huh. that's a really fascinating mash bill yeah. to mess around with because it'll appeal to the bourbon drinkers and the rye drinkers. Yeah. yeah. So I should say, nevertheless, that this comes across very rather s- far sweeter on the palate than one would imagine. It's very sweet. Even th- the mash bill. Yeah. The sherry cask and that French oak are really sweetening it up. Mm-hmm. They're adding a lot of like usable good sugars. Are you getting those casks? Are and there's casks? less water too. Less the, water also gives you more of those flavors. Sure. You're not watering it down and sure. diluting it to 95 proof or 88 proof. Are those so. casks coming wet? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry. All right. Yeah. All right. So you're getting juice out of those casks. A bit. Marginally, a bit. Yeah. yeah. But Marginally. they're coming wet. Right. Yeah, they're coming right. in wet. Okay. They're coming in hot. Coming, coming in hot. In wet. Coming in wet. Very nice. Uh, next release after the rye so we got to open this one up so this is a project so basically we have a cast strength bourbon and mm-hmm. it has it's ba- it's exactly released like, at the same time as the original 
bourbon release? No, it was bourbon in 2017. Mm -hmm. Then we added cast strength bourbon and rye in 2018. We did the single oak series in 2019, and that was the first time they were called broken barrel, no infuse. Mm -hmm. And then 2020, we started launching these broken barrel editions that have varying oak bills. So if you look at the neck, normally it has a black leather strap, Mm -hmm. but now we've got these gold stickers and they have uh, logos on them of the clients of the whiskey. Oh, very nice. So this is a special one that I brought for you guys to try or pulled, I should say. And you guys came to me, so I didn't bring anything. <laughs> but I, you're, I, bringing it, you're bringing it. I pulled this one this from you guys. This is a beer cask finished, a porter beer cask okay. finished cask strength bourbon. Okay. Okay. So it's, 60% porter beer and mm-hmm. 40% ex bourbon. Okay. Okay. And the beer is Second Chance Brewery from San Diego. San Diego. Uh, okay. Tabula Rasa is the name of the beer. Okay. Okay. So, imagine a brewery in San Diego. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> Close your eyes and walk. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. San Diego is the land of breweries. Yes. That hundreds, was a joke. Hundreds, literally. But second chances, they're great guys. That I had a nice series of conversations in the process. We have the same distributor. So our distributor was like, hey, we have the perfect beer for your porter beer finish. Uh-huh. We want to work with our guys at second chance. I said, you know what? I've had second chance and I've had tabula rasa and I love that beer. I would be delighted to work with them. So I got to meet those guys. And we put this product together. Unfortunately, it's only at one store in San Diego. They bought mm-hmm. the entire barrel. Okay. And so it is a single barrel release, actually. It is it's delightful. Yes. I don't know if that, that's a that's a I know that's not a typical whiskey word, but it's delightful. Try that. I'm it's try got it. this like coconutty, portery thing going on. I really yeah. don't get a lot of coconut usually yeah, in the whiskey. 60% port the oak bill is 60% porter, porter cask, porter ex cask. porter cask, and 40. Wow. What's the balance? Uh, X bourbon. X bourbon. Okay. It's got a lot of flavor. Ooh, that's I that's like hot it. too. It's, it is it's hot. 116 proof. So you get a bite. I recommend water or a cube of ice with this one. But we have done port finished. We mm-hmm. have done uh, a rum finished. Mm-hmm. And we have done a peach brandy finish that's coming mm-hmm. out. Mm-hmm. Peach brandy is coming amazing. out for uh, a series of stores in Minnesota. Uh-huh. So we will be getting a sample. I actually have not received. I do not have a bottle of that yet. I would I would love to taste Peach that. Brandy. I did try a sample of it way back uh, in November of last year mm-hmm. as like, a, hey, this is what we're making. Yeah. But it had aged December, January, February, and now it's March. So we are about four and a half months into aging that product. Okay. Nice. So the Peach Brandy has been aging for it's a pretty long aging for us we usually mm-hmm. don't go four or five months we usually go about three mm-hmm. at the most mm-hmm. one in the summers so we don't over oak right because uh, the the process if you think about it you have the whole stave in contact so you have the back of the oak the front of the oak normally inside of a barrel it's just the inside yeah right yeah. no well, I'm, I'm excited to taste that when it comes out very good. Um, so this um, Fen Walker. Yes, the Fen Walker. This, so, this, then this one carries a date. This one is, is there's an age, or at least a not an age statement per se, but uh, it does carry a, a vintage. Yes, this is an- What's uh, that about? Uh, barreled in 2018 and bottled in late 2020. So a little over two years, uh, closing in on three actually. Okay. Uh, it's a very young whiskey. Mm-hmm. But 
this whiskey had a journey. It was uh, MGP single malt and MGP 95% wheat, 5% malted barley. Okay. Blend those two whiskeys together, vat them for six months, then pull them out and age half of it in sherry butts and half of it in X Ardbeg Isle cask barrels as well. Okay. And so that sounds like it's going to have some good flavor. This thing is weird. It's it's <laughs> <laughs> it's chocolatey, but it's got sour raspberry notes, and it's got all these really crazy um, waves of flavor that kind of come and go, and it takes you on a bit. It's I call this an after dinner whiskey. Okay, um, it's amazing. It, it's really uh, um, whence the name? The name Fen uh, is what? synonymous with like a bog or a swamp or a marsh, which is where you would find the peat. And the walker is kind of like this monstrous mythical creature that is walking through the bog or through the fen in this case. Okay. And is collecting that peat. So the idea is we have this mythical creature, the swamp monster that is just uh, absolutely, you can't describe it. It's, okay. It's, so like it's Sasquatch a, of the bog. Yes. The, okay. The swamp thing in, in essence okay. is our, is our or muse. Scott's. Quatch. The nose is just so, completely different than anything I've. You've never had a whiskey like this. It, yeah. There's no whiskey like I'm it. Picking I picking up a little peat. I'm really, nosing the Ardbeg, but it's very, very faint. I don't really get paint. It's really low in it's the mix. It's the iodine. It's that salty, almost. I get the vegetation part, but I don't yeah. get the peat. Think it's like kelp smoke. almost. Yeah. On the nose. Yeah. But then you taste it, and the taste, and I'll tell you, the nose is not as good as the the taste. The taste is if no. you never if you didn't nose it. And you were to just kind of just taste it, totally yeah, different. Totally experience. different. Yeah. Well, listen, it's I like prefer. Me, it's like me for asparagus. I love the smell, but the taste uh, is like it doesn't taste anything well, like it smells to me. I, I always welcome a spirit that tastes better than it smells, but I, I, I am, I am demoralized by spirits that don't taste as good as they smell. Yeah, because <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's a, it, it's you a big letdown. Yes. The flavor is those chocolate notes are just yeah. kind of like hitting and, and they're kind of like spike throughout the, the process of the forward all the way to the finish. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a fun one. And so the last one I brought, you know, not as many stories to tell here, but this is a cask strength version of that that is not never came out. This was never released. So this, this will is, never see the market. No, this bottle in my hand is the only one. I just, I just the market is this room. Woohoo. So 116. Uh, 115. Nine. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. 159. Right. <laughs> exactly. Now, now, the, the Fenwalker, the standard issue is 94.6. 94.6 proof. Okay. Yes. Now, that's interesting. I feel like the lower proof one has more of a nose, a stronger nose. Yeah. The cast strength, much lighter on the nose on the cast strength. Much lighter on the nose, but a bigger punch in the mouth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Now, these come out of. Green River in terms of bottling, mm -hmm. is that correct? But they're not, they're not, and Jake, I, they're not Jacob's. I missed, I, I missed the story. No, no, not at all. Um, this is totally me. These also aged in Nevada for nine months. So wow. you have hot a dry. dry, hot climate versus a more, especially this time of year, moist and cool climate mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. Kentucky. So mm -hmm. very different atmosphere, very different terroir than what you have uh, in Kentucky. Which is why I like this is still kind of the last project out of Nevada, so to speak. Nice. Last as in last, last, or last as in most recent. This is the last whiskey we'll release. Okay. I have ever released that spent time in Nevada. Okay. okay. Which All is right. kind of like, you know, the 
our story began in Nevada, but it, it yeah. really migrated to Kentucky mm-hmm. once we built this partnership out. Right, 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 right. Very nice. Um, the future. What's yes? Let's talk about the label change. That I yeah, have. we have a brand label change coming out in uh, mid twenty twenty one. I can't get into too many details. There's no photos of this stuff online. I, I can just tell you, uh, it is a big change. It is a new bottle, new label. It is an absolute diversion from where we are currently. And so by bottle, you mean a different shape? A different, a custom, I designed it, yeah, with nice. the team. All right, ready to get back into it? I have a question. Yes, question. Coming with the new design and label design, can we look forward to some new expressions? Absolutely. We are going to be releasing an American whiskey mm-hmm. this summer. Mm-hmm. And in the fall, I will also be releasing a Moroccan style whiskey. Uh-huh. What? And that's a that's a that's not a thing, but it's going to be because I'm going to make it a thing. Uh, How does one make it a Moroccan style? Yeah, so we have. You're of um, Moroccan ancestry, are you not? Literally, my father born in Marrakesh. Okay. So, and I actually got to go to Marrakesh in 2019. So. Having been there now, having grown up with the food and the culture for, through my dad and my grandmother who lived a mile away from us pretty much since we moved to LA, uh, I've grown up around just a big Moroccan family my whole life. Uh, so a lot of spices, a lot of you know big smells and flavors coming out of the kitchen. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a. If you've ever had Middle Eastern food or any kind of you know yep. ethnic food, uh, it is. It's savory. It's you know it's it's got cumin. It's got mm-hmm. anise. It's got saffron. It's mm-hmm. got and all these things are going to be lightly sprinkled into the flavor. Now, when I say lightly, I mean think of like a, the gin of whiskey, but mm-hmm. a very very subtle essence of these flavors all brought in to uh, a rye whiskey mm-hmm. and coupled with the corn um, spirit so to speak that we've been mm-hmm. barrel aging for about two and a half three years now okay so we're gonna have a will a, there be lamb will there be infused with it would lamb? go beautifully with lamb <laughs> it, it there won't be, be a pachuga it's not we're not, we're, no, we're not gonna dry <laughs> hang and dry some dead uh lamb that would be <laughs> a little too gross um so here's a question so hey, don't knock pachuga pachuga's awesome no, no, i love pachuga's great so you don't want to know how every sausage is made i don't think so here's my question since is this going to be more like the infused spirits where you put a bunch of barrel stuff and then you also add these spices or this is going to be more like a liqueur like this is meant to be it's going to be 50 percent 100 proof okay and we want you to just pour it over the rocks mm-hmm. and add an orange peel to it and just drink it like that as a cocktail the idea is rock and rye is a yeah, prepared cocktail so, it's a yes. ready to drink cocktail yeah without um, giving, so this is a play on that maroc and rye yes we're gonna do a maroc and rye so it's a bottled cocktail essentially basically a bottle okay. well a very strong cocktail well yes um yes but but the idea here is going to be kind of a fun, you know, play on all of that. And yeah, rye whiskey, lots of sweetness. We're not adding sugar per mm-hmm. se, but we do have our sugar source or our sweetness source instead of rock candy is going to be um, a maple barrel that oh, nice. we actually have in this room that's aging. Nice. So, What kind of maple's really in good. it? 
it was a maple syrup barrel. Nice. Uh, ex, it was an ex bourbon barrel that had maple syrup in it that we dumped the maple syrup out and we refilled with an orange and clove infused vodka. Oh, wow. And so that vodka was really just a 100% corn spirit. So we're going to mix that corn spirit with rye whiskey and then we're going to add the spices in a gin basket and then just do all of that wow. together. It, That's it, wonderful. And then we're going to break barrels and put barrels in. It's going to be crazy. It's a party. That's awesome. It's a lot it's to a explain. Just know that it's sweet and savory and spicy and rye and high proof and rock orange peel drink it that sounds way sounds like a big moroccan dinner oh yeah with extended family and i wish my family drank <laughs> they would enjoy this oh. <laughs> what, how can we f- keep finding all these people that are involved with spirits and don't have drinking families indeed my fawn, parents don't myself included actually fawn weaver of uncle nearest teetotaling parents yeah same with uh yeah. tracy franklin and uh lauren oliver too i believe she said that yeah. her family didn't drink. Anyway, yeah. So, you know, they well, you know, they found they found the righteous path. It's uh, you know, eventually. Right. Yeah. Um cocktails. Cocktails. Talk to us. I know you like cocktail. You're a pretty deft hand at uh preparing cocktails as well. I However, think. funnily enough, I don't think I've really had a cocktail since our last event. Oh, well, quite, in that case, we're done. Quite literally. Um, uh, I, I have I stopped, mean <laughs> I have stopped drinking them mostly because of the amount of sugar in in all the other stuff you add, but uh-huh. No, I I love a good old fashioned. I love a Boulevardier. I was making Manhattans with the Amontillado, uh, Casco mm. Amontillado whiskey was awesome. I, I feel like those are the three top cocktails yeah. that people- if we went back through all the episodes yeah. and pulled, I'm sure it's pulled not the original. episodes. No, uh, but what get... I think is interesting is that, well, we did have the margarita, but I digress. <laughs> I love no, a margarita. So, I love yes. a mule. I like a margarita. I like a mule with my vodkas. I like, a you know, I make peach. My favorite is a peach mule. I do the peach vodka, mint- oh. And uh, I make a regular meal, like you know, lime and mm-hmm. ginger beer. Nice, but that's those ingredients. Peach vodka is the as the. Oh, you should see them get peaches into the into the vodka. It's great, vodka and bottles. then yeah, so you do peach vodka, and it, actually, it's even great if you do like half bourbon, half peach vodka, mm-hmm. ginger beer, lime for like kind of like sure. a Kentucky sure. mule peach sure. julep thingy. Yeah, and then you can add a little mint to it. It's kind of like a mule meets a julep. It's uh, a mule meets thing. julep. Yeah, yeah, a mule up, a mule up, a peach mule, a, a peach mule, a jewel. A jewel, a peach jewel. There we J-U-L-E, go. J-U-L-E, jewel. Uh, yeah, there we go. Yeah, yeah. If you were to poll all of our episodes, leading the pack by a lot would be, st- as a category, stirred aromatic cocktails. Yeah, period, although period. I, I forgot. Although we get a lot of whiskey sours. Not as you many, know, I, but no. yes. I would say, though, uh, I do love a mint julep. You just don't order those often because mm-hmm. you don't know if they're going to have like the stuff or the cup. I usually get those when I go to the races, which is totally cliche, but. That's I got one in Colorado and the bartender job. looked at me like I had just asked him to do like a backflip or something. He was just like not happy with me. He's like, dude, really? That's what He's like, I get. He's like, dude, just get like a beer. I'm like, no, I want the mint julep. It's on the menu. Like, I, I Ask I, him for a Ramos gin fizz. He might quit. <laughs> I've had a Ramos gin fizz. They're very good as well. but Highly, very well, labor. Many of oh, yeah. our classic cocktails that we think of as whiskey cocktails were originally brandy cocktails yes. and many of them cognac in particular yes. but yeah so anyway a big thank you yes a to big thank seth you Ben-Hain to seth Ben-Hain. for you sitting guys. with us today and sharing of his of, of his manufacture uh, <laughs> this has been great has been great yes folks you should find broken barrel whiskey yes uh, if you find it online it yet, how can they do that do. 
Yes. First of all, follow us at Broken Barrel Whiskey on Instagram. Go to brokenbarrelwhiskey.com. You can find the link to buy most or if not all of our spirits on caskers.com. The Fen Walker is only available on lovescotch.com and that would get you set up for, I think, one of maybe 30 bottles they got or something like that. I don't know if they're good. By the time you hear this, it may not be any, but that's where it went. So if it's there, great. If not, sorry. Since we're speaking of all the places that you purchase and we're doing a podcast and we chatted with you about this port, let's talk really quickly about the cartel hour. So do you sell your whiskey on the cartels? uh, Cast Cartel does sell our whiskey and Crazily enough, they have a lot of our stuff, including the old labels that still say infuse on them. Mm-hmm. They have marked those up substantially, <laughs> which I, I I didn't know that would be a thing, but they've gone ahead and done that. Once the artist passes away, you've gone to the Pappy Van Winkle land where they where no, they mark, where no, they mark I think it it's up. just the just the fact that they know that they're discontinued was enough of a reason for them to like, hey, you know, when these are gone, they're gone. Like, we're, no one's producing infused spirits bourbon any longer so i have an infused bourbon yes those are, are relics and bottles come out even the current bottles are relics. okay so definitely and, um, and do you have a, a launch date of this new or is it just an approximate tentatively made a made a june, made a june. okay yeah. so we'll have to look for that then yeah and check out seth's podcast yeah Cartel yeah Hour. we we do all kinds of it's not just whiskey it's mezcal right. and, and, and gin with so for those of Stevens. you who don't want to yes. just deal with whiskey um, yes you can if, you're, also- if your whiskey's not enough and you want even more that's kind of where I was at when I go. when we started it. We just wanted to do everything. I want to drink anything you put in front of me. So <laughs> wait, that okay. sounds like Philip. Hold on, that, wait a no, wait a second. Well, okay. when when we talk about cocktails, <laughs> yes, that indeed, is indeed. Okay. Thank you, Seth, so much for being here or Thank for you letting us be here. Actually, for having until, uh, me. Yeah. And, until next time. Until next time. All right. World of Wheezy is up next. Stay with us. Hey, Louise, nice to have you this week. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Carrie? I am good. We brought over Broken Barrel Finn Walker, which is kind of near and dear to my heart when it comes to us because we did go to Broken Barrel for the pilot. So it's kind of cool to have brought Seth in to do this episode with Finn Walker. And we didn't try that one when we were there at the pilot. So I was glad that he had one that we could taste that we didn't already taste. So what do you think of it? Oh, I loved it. It, it was so wintry to me. I immediately sort of picked up on these chocolate notes, which I will say, I'll throw myself under the bus here. I don't think I normally pick up very specific notes, but on that one I did. And I thought, well, I definitely want to pair this with a dessert and I want to pair it with something really rich. It felt to me like I wanted to have this in cold weather, I suppose, which is, it's not exactly what the weather is doing in Southern California right now, but it certainly is elsewhere in the world. So I paired this whiskey with a bread pudding. I'm thinking a salted dark chocolate bread pudding. I would probably use a brioche. Oh, that sounds good. Or a challah, something very rich and buttery. I would throw some dried cherries in there. I would probably throw some pistachios in there as well. But if you don't like nuts in your bread pudding, you don't have to do that, that's fine. And then of course I'd make a whipped cream to go with it and I would fortify that whipped cream with the Fen Walker. And I think that would be a delicious little match made in heaven right there. Awesome. Well, if we didn't already shoot the pilot and finish it, we could have made that for the dessert and the show after everything else we made. That would have been fun. 
We certainly could have. It would have been a great dessert for that show. Who knows? Maybe in the pickups. We'll see. It was fantastic talking to you about this today. And I'm looking forward to trying that bread pudding because I do. I'm a sucker for bread pudding. And I'm also looking forward to sharing this with Seth. But yeah, I'm looking forward to making this. I'm looking forward to seeing our show. And I'm looking forward to next week's whiskey. As am I. Can't wait to taste it. Okay. Until then, have a great week. For show notes on today's podcast, please visit our website at spiritsofwhiskey.com. That's whiskey with an E. We'll include links and supporting documents from today's stories in this episode's blog post. As always, you'll see upcoming topics, a guest roster, and links to past shows. Sign up to become a VIP member of Spirits of Whiskey. With your membership, you'll have access to various spin-off series, including The Malting Floor, Tales from the Still, and our Tally Award-winning series, Kindred Spirits. To learn how, visit our website and click on the pop-up button. While there, check out our whiskey shop, where you can purchase books from past guests, as well as other whiskey products previously highlighted on the show. If you run a whiskey club, or if you're a member of one, and you'd like your work featured in the Spirits of Whiskey Club Corner, send us an email via our website contact form, or leave us a voice message on our anchor page. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, Slanchava! Spirits of Whiskey is produced by First Real Entertainment and the Center for Culinary Culture, home of the Cocktail Collection, and is available via Anchor, Apple, Google, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and wherever fine podcasts are heard.